Welcome to the Work Research Revolution. I'm your host, Cara DeLunger. In this podcast, I speak to doctors, scientists, professors, and business leaders who are at the leading edge of this work research revolution and radically changing the way we work. We will be harnessing their collective insight so that we can create the catalyst that drives much needed change in the future of work around the world. Work Reset Revolution is brought to you by Softer Success. Visit www.softersuccess.com to learn how you can revolutionize your well-being plan and help eradicate burnout in your organization. So let's get to today's episode. So hello and welcome. Very big welcome to Karina Nielsen, who is joining me today for the Work Reset Revolution podcast. We're delighted to have Karina here. Karina is Professor of Work Psychology at Sheffield University in the United Kingdom. Karina, lovely to have you with us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And obviously, this is a topic that I'm very passionate about. So I'm very happy to be talking to you today. Yes. So thank you for taking the time. So I'd like to ask you a question, actually, the first question. So the concept of job crafting is quite common across your work. And can you explain a little bit more about what it is and why it's important in changing the workplace? Yeah. So you can kind of call it a bottom-up job design. So it's what we all do every day to adjust our job and the way we do our job to meet our needs that's what we call it, and to ensure our well-being. So to give you a few examples, it can, for example, be to create a more challenging job for yourself, to seek out some interesting tasks that you can do. It can also try to get rid of some tasks that you perhaps don't find so interesting. It can be to seek out people you want to work with that you find think are really interesting to work with that have something to offer. And reversely, it can also be trying to avoid some people that you perhaps have some conflicts with it or you don't find useful to work with. So job crafting, in its essence, is essentially what we try to do to ensure our own mental health and well-being. Great. So thank you. And could you give me an example? Say somebody had been off work and, you know, with some mental health issues and They'd taken a bit of time off work and they went back into work and they, you know, maybe there was a bit of loss of confidence and there needed maybe, you know, something else needed to be done. What would you normally recommend or what do you tend to sort of see there? What, what works really well? Yep. So together with a colleague, Joe Yaka from Affinity Health at Work, we've done an interview study where we interviewed about 40 workers about the kind of job crafting strategies that they would engage in. And we found that they engaged in three different types. So they engage in what we call task job crafting. And what we find is that people with mental health disorders, they've often got obviously symptoms. And amongst those are they feel overwhelmed. They find it difficult to structure their day. They have difficulties concentrating. So in terms of task crafting, what we found was that they found it really useful to break up the day, create structure. So assign tasks throughout the day, what they were going to do. And those tasks, they would break into subtasks. So it wasn't so overwhelming. So those were some of the strategies that they used. We also found that it was really important, and that's especially important now that many of us are working from home, is to have a clear demarcation between work and life. So, for example, at the end of the working day, they would take a break, they would go for a walk, they would exercise. So you kind of have a break so it's not all about work. So those are some of the things we found around task crafting. In terms of relational crafting, we also found 
that it was really useful if you have to be in the office or you were in the office, being able to work somewhere else or to wear earphones so you don't get disturbed by other people and also setting expectations. So if you return to work and you're feeling overwhelmed, setting expectations, perhaps not attending meetings to the same extent that you did before. So not feeling overwhelmed by people. What we also found was cognitive job crafting. So getting a different attitude to your work. So a lot of the people that we interviewed before they went on sick leave that had problems with work was everything. and They didn't have much of a life outside work. And they kind of changed their focus to work is not everything. I need a life as well. I need to have hobbies. I need to make time for my friends. So those were the kind of job crafting strategies that we found among people who returned to work. And I mean, that's very relevant now as well, where people return to the workplace, even if they have been working from home or you've been furloughed and you return to the workplace, you have to get into the swing of things that, again. So I think many of these job crafting strategies are very relevant in the situation we find ourselves in now. Yes, absolutely. I was just going to say specifically on the task crafting and the cognitive crafting, I think for people that have been away from the workplace for a while, that's a really good one. And in terms of task crafting, do you think that would work over the wider workforce, not just people that are returning back after, you know, they've been off with mental health, but would that sort of be helpful for people's mental health in general? Absolutely. And I'm thinking especially of people who are working from home, A lot of us are used to being in the office, having a little coffee break, chatting to colleagues. All of a sudden, you're sat at home. Maybe you get up at seven in the morning. You can start working at seven in the morning and you can work until seven at night because there's nobody disturbing you. I am, of course, talking about people who don't have children here. Mm -hmm. They'll get disturbed plenty. But we know that people can get sucked into working way too many hours when they work from home and creating that structure, making a plan for your day. When do you want to do what? Because if you don't have many meetings and you just work from home, it can kind of turn into a bit of a blur what you're doing. So creating that structure, and especially also now where we have so many Zoom meetings, creating a little break between your meetings, book in some time where you have a meeting with yourself so you're not in meetings all the time. All these kind of things that create structure, but also give you a little time to relax in between meetings, in between tasks, so you get a chance to refocus between the tasks that you do. Yeah, that's really good. I love that concept of a meeting with yourself. <laughs> so what do you think are the most important issues affecting the workplace, modern day workplaces? And obviously, most workplaces have been affected by the pandemic as well. So what would you think are the, the biggest ones at the moment? Oof, I think there are many. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, if we take the working from home First, it's that transition back into the workplace. And it's also a question, what does that transition look like? We see many employers who want to continue having people working from home. We are finding employers who want people to go back into the workplace completely. But there's also an increase in the kind of hybrid working where you kind of work from home a couple of days. And it's finding that balance. One of the things that the surveys do show us that have been conducted on people working from home is that it's such a mixed bag. Some people absolutely love working from home and others absolutely detest it. Mm. So I think what's really important for those that are returning to the workplace or continuing to work from home is to have that dialogue about what works for you and finding a way that works for everybody in the workplace, whatever their preferences are. 
It's about workplaces being really flexible on this one and almost letting the employees sort of decide. And yeah, and do you think by that way, there'll be, you know, better productivity as well? Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of the happy worker, productive worker thesis. If you're satisfied in your job, you also do a better job. You work harder. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So I think that's one group of people. Of course, then you have all the frontline workers that are facing a lot of risks in terms of face-to-face contact. And I mean, even if more and more people are vaccinated, we still will continue to see those risks because COVID-19 is unlikely to disappear altogether. It will continue to be a threat at some level and also with new variants. But also what we have to remember is that there's a lot of people returning from furlough. There's a lot of job insecurity in the UK. The economy isn't doing too great. So there are all kinds of risks associated with fear of losing your job. And we have to take that into consideration as well. We also have large groups of people returning to the workplace or working that suffers from bereavement, have lost a loved one. And how do we manage people who have lost a significant person in their life? And of course, we also have the long COVID situation. Again, the UK is one of those countries where the numbers have been high. There are a lot of long COVID cases. And I mean, they can go on for a very long time. We've got people who got ill in March last year, and they are still suffering with fatigue, anxiety, depression. We see even dementia as a symptom of long COVID. So that's something that we in organizations have to become better at managing people with long COVID. So I think those are some of the main issues that we see and will continue to see over the next years. Yeah. And maybe for the people that are coming back in, a type of job crafting could really help, couldn't it, in helping them giving a bit more structure, especially people that are not able to do all full hours and adjusting to work. What do you think? And I think key line managers play a really crucial role because the way the system works is that line managers are the ones that agree work adjustments. And I think they need training in what is long covid How do you manage people in hybrid working? How do you manage people suffering from bereavement? So I think line managers play an absolute key role here. And we can't just expect them to be able to manage these things because they haven't had any training. They don't necessarily become managers because they're good at this. They become managers because they were good at their job. So I think that's really something that we have expectations of them being able to manage workers with these issues, but we have to give them the autonomy, give them the ability to make work adjustments for these workers, but also for them to understand the symptoms and what can we do with people. What we've actually done, Joey Arka and myself, is part of the interview study that I mentioned before. We have developed a toolkit and we've developed toolkits for people returning or people who need job crafting, a kind of template for developing an action plan for what are my needs What can I do about it? And when do I do something about it? And the same for work groups. And I think that could be useful as well for people returning to work. If we are by some kind of magic all allowed back into the workplace, we have to get used to working together again in a different way from what we've done when we were all working from home. And sitting down, developing an action plan, talking about how can we support each other. And of course, as I mentioned before, line managers can create an action plan work adjustments for their employees. How can I support you best? And of course, at the organizational level, we've got human resources. They can also develop an action plan and policies, put policies in place to support workers 
who are returning or are having problems. Uh, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And so do you have any further ideas maybe related to your work? So for you, would a work reset revolution look like? I think it would be increasing and promoting the dialogue around what do we want the workplace to look like. One big area of research that I've been doing for the past 20 years is participatory organizational interventions. And that is essentially managers and employees sitting down, identifying what are the issues that we are experiencing here. And I think what we can see is that many of the problems that have been over the past 10, 15 months is it's a completely different situation. We've had problems with work-life balance before. We've got problems with loan working, but it's been blown completely out of proportion because you've had to do homeschooling at the same time. The husband has been at home. You haven't had the equipment you needed. Internet isn't perhaps what you wanted it to be. So sitting down and having that dialogue, what do we want the workplace to look like in the future? What kind of changes do we want to keep? Because there are also things that have been good about working from home and the changes that have been in the workplace. So having that dialogue about what do we want to keep? What do we need to change? How can we take this as an opportunity to make a better workplace and to create a workplace where people can thrive at work and be productive? And maybe also the organization can build a little resilience when this happens again, <laughs> because it might well happen again in some form. We, we simply don't know. That's a lovely point, actually. So in a reset revolution is also building resilience to any other kind of pandemic or upset. So that's a great one. And yes, really taking the time of to think about what is it that works and what do we want to keep? But what do we really need to change? Because we're at such a pivotal moment that, you know, we can do that. That's been really, really interesting. So thank you so much, Karina, for sharing your valuable knowledge with us and For people listening, we will be sharing Karina's details and for anybody that wants to also get hold of the job crafting templates that she was talking about. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you with us today and wishing you a wonderful day. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here and thanks for talking to me today. Thank you for listening to the Work Reset Revolution. I'd like to know what has been your biggest takeaway from this conversation. As a next step, share this episode with anyone that you think may benefit. Follow us on LinkedIn at Softer Success for more inspiration to change the way we work and contact us at info at to find out more about our burnout assessment tool. If you have any feedback on how to improve, please do reach out to me as I'm always keen to learn more. Thank you so much for listening and we'll meet again on the next episode of Work Reset Revolution. Thank you.